If you can stop talking for 10 seconds, that would be fantastic. You want to hit the start timer on there? You want to hit... You want to start podcasting, genius? So, Joe, what kind of monsters really love disco? Oh, what kind of monsters really love disco? Uh, I'm going to say, uh, man, I'm going to drag this out for like five, ten minutes. Don't, don't tell me. Not a word. Uh, <laughs> see, there are stegosaurus. That's how we're going to start. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> There are brontosauruses. Those are dinosaurs. T-Rexes. Those are dinosaurs. Oh, wait. What were you saying? What was the question? Monsters. What kind of oh, monsters, monsters oh, see, I, like disco? That's, that's why we show our work. So let's start over. What, what kind of monsters <laughs> like disco? Um, let's, see, let's see. We have Frankenstein's monster, which did not have a name, by the way. <laughs> uh Really? Frank, uh, there's also like the mummy. Um, there's Dracula. There's the wolf man. Um, but which one of them would like disco? The boogeyman. <laughs> With the boogeyman. We're oh, moving okay. on. The boogeyman. You, you know who else likes disco, but they don't advertise because they don't have to. Stew. Thank you. <laughs> I, I knew that one. <laughs> You see, if you gave me just like another minute, <laughs> a minute and a half, I would have gotten to the boogeyman. Okay. Why, my friend Joe, are skeletons always so calm? You know, I'm so glad you asked this question. And thank you for having me on your podcast. <laughs> Why are skeletons, I've already forgotten the question. You were saying? Why are skeletons always so calm? Oh, let's see. Why are skeletons always so calm? Don't answer. That was me <laughs> talking out loud. Now, if I were a skeleton and I didn't, I, I you know, they, I didn't have any sort of anxiety problems. I'm not on any medication because I am the undead. Uh, why are skeletons so calm? Because now that now they have bones, right? That's basically all a skeleton really is. They don't even have like meat, flesh, skin, eyes. But why are they so calm? Now, what are their traits? Uh, what are other ways to say <laughs> you're calm? That you're cool, um, you're at ease. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna have to forfeit. I'm gonna have to forfeit <laughs> because nothing gets under their skin. <laughs> skin under nothing. See. That's why you're the stand-up, and I'm the stay-at-home-and-do-nothing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. This is Jacques. And this is New Biff. <laughs> you know, and, and of course, apologies to Biff, because Biff lives three time zones away, and he also has more things in his life than Joe and I collectively. So when I say, hey, 
we haven't recorded a podcast this week. And uh, Joe's like, yeah, I can jump on it in an hour. And Biff is like, uh, I have a life and a lot of other things, and I need more than 14-second notice, you asshole. And all I can say to Biff is, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I suck. <laughs> you know? and, and I tried to explain to Biff like, I truly never know what day of the week it is. I don't. I don't know what days of the week it ever is because my kids do not have uh, a, a normal schedule anymore. It's, you know, th- there's been random, like, teacher day off, like, type things. You know, what one of, the, one of my boys went on, like, a three-day school retreat. The other one had some medical things and missed a couple days. The other one has been uh, asked not to to come in a couple times, which we'll get to later. Uh, then every Wednesday is, is a day, is like a half a day off. So by the time I drop them off, I'm picking them up a couple hours later, and then they're home all day, and it almost seems... I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off because all of those reasons and things are not valid reasons for not knowing what goddamn day it is. I mean, seriously, like, first things first, got to blame the kids. I don't know what day it is, got to blame the kids. (laughs) Not my fault. Here's the problem with my kids' schedule that's screwing me up in my schedule. Um, You know what? You know when I know it's the weekend? When I don't get up for work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, well, that's it. It, 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 For now. and, 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 you know, it is. It's like my wife's work schedule has changed, so there's some mornings it's like she's not going into 11 now, so it almost seems like, you know, the constant one who's always up earliest. And then, and I tell you, it's it's the, the biggest thing is Friday night lights, Friday night football. High school football is always on Fridays. And then the last couple of weeks, they were like randomly on Thursday for his team. And it's like, so we get home from it and it feels like, oh, it's a Friday night. And then like last Friday, we went to school. They got to school like an hour and a half late because – I thought it was Saturday and didn't wake him up. I, I literally, I called the school and I'm like, yeah, we're running late. We, we, we got this thing this morning, but, uh, but only there were <laughs> device that could wake us up on a regular basis. The sun. <laughs> no, I mean a device, like an oh, okay. actual, like man-made device, like a, a tool, if you will. But I don't know, maybe down the road, uh, mankind or humankind will develop such a device. To help us wake up on a regular basis. <laughs> um, and also, scheduling a podcast, you know, we oh. all know it's a last-minute thing. Like, it's whenever we can squeeze it in. There's no planning ahead for these things. You can't. No. No. And there's no, no, well, like, there's you no know, two weeks between podcasts to oh. plan well, when you know, we might have a free Well, that is that. That is the other thing. And, I, you know, I'm going to jump around a little bit. But first, let me say I'm really – you know, psyched. It's like we didn't get a chance to do a sideshow last week. And I'm like, oh, wait, you know, it's Halloween season. It's pumpkin season. We did a couple years ago have on a really dear friend uh, of my family. And it's one of the funnier podcasts we had ever recorded, Paul Dever, who now and then it hits me some of the people who have lowered themselves to associate themselves with us personally and, and on our podcast. And, and this is somebody who was world renowned like no no exaggeration absolutely world renowned personality on the food network a world champion food carver not just pumpkin his show carvers and creators on youtube get millions of downloads they on a regular basis have academy award winner emmy award winner like set designers and 
you know, the, the artisans and special effects people and, you know, people who do like, you know, the, the, the sci-fi makeup and all, all of those type people go on his show on a regular basis. And the fact that he came on our thing was hysterical. So shout out to Paul. Uh, hopefully we're going to have a couple other comics coming on soon. Some, some people, you know, you know, kind of on the level that I am right now, but also there's a couple other big people that uh, said, yeah, I would love to come on. And again, uh, it's one of those, oh, you know, Steve Bjork's gone on, Mike Katrobas has gone on, Jim McHugh's come on. Sure, I'll go on. Like, like it's we've already been validated in those higher echelon of circles in New England comedy. Like, so, so that will be really fun. Um, so, you know, uh, again, two years ago, but thanks for Paul for jumping on because that was a fun re-listen. And I forgot what I was listening back. It's like, yeah, we had clips. I don't remember if it was from Chronicle or some local show that profiled him and then we had some clips from the food network that he was on but that was that was actually a fun re-listen and comedy uh let's get right to it because that's what this is all about uh so just recently over the last like week and a half as i was talking to joe and again trying to schedule my life i was so looking forward to a couple comedy things coming up uh, this past two, the past Thursday, I was supposed to be opening for my Katrobus on October fifth, and just I, I, I don't want to say I was being cocky or arrogant, but I was saying to Joe, I don't have a lot of time to take too many booked things, and it's been tough to get to open mics with the boys' schedule. But I've had a pass on some things. Plus, I had three booked things coming up this month that you know it's like. I don't want to overextend myself because I got this show opening for Mike. I got the show hosting the best of Boston comedy festival up at Jim McHugh's place in Maine. I'm, I'm going to do bogus this show. And then all of a sudden the place that the, the October 5th show was double booked and they they called Mike and said, hey, we're going to have to move you. So Mike called me and said, hey, we're going to have to move you. And then uh, uh, what's that? What's that? What's that singer's name? The one uh, the one uh, um, Kelsey, that football player, her, his girlfriend. I, 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 I'm I, blanking on her name. I, you know, she, I don't know. You know, you, you think I don't even watch football, dude. I don't know. I don't but, know. I can't keep up with singers nowadays. I'm sure but, she's famous, though. But seriously, people are uh, yelling at their podcast devices right now. <laughs> But seriously, uh, not now I have a personal grudge with Taylor Swift. I'll put it out there. Oh, I have a personal grudge with Taylor Swift because I went to the Smitty's. You know, that Smitty's is it's one of those restaurant, uh, fancy restaurant movie theater things. Like We have these Chunkies and Smitty's. And I'm like, oh, Jim hasn't sent me the flyer for the show so i'm gonna go to the smitty's website see if they have a flyer yet so i can put it on instagram and i go to the website it's like oh october 13th that's the day that the Arist tour concert video is a one night only movie extravaganza playing worldwide and so the jim McHugh show got canceled like it's two days apart like oh i'm opening for mike no that got canceled oh i finally get a, a big hosting thing you know jim McHugh. oh that got canceled now there's a labor dispute at mill number five where they're on strike which has the luna theater 
closed and mill number five or you know uh, coffee and cotton closed so the mic there got canceled this week greg bogus's thing so i'm like oh yeah great i went from look at me <laughs> you know? i mean that reminds me of the taylor swift thing that reminds me of um like just recently i was supposed to go see mr t at the mall but <laughs> that movie theater also was hosting the taylor swift and so they canceled it no nope. and, uh, and then i asked the mall guy if mr t was ever going to be rebooked and he, he said he didn't know <laughs> the uh it's it's a little like that, but it's also like the day we were calling the local TV station to see if they would come and do a story about our little our little show with our friend Jim and Steve. It was going through formal edition live, and I called the newsroom. And they said, oh, yeah, no, that might sound interesting. Uh, somebody will get back to you. But it was the day Timmy the McVeigh blew up the building in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's a good and, thing, too, because we never went through with that live show. You know. So, thank well, you, we, Timothy McVeigh. Saved us some embarrassment. <laughs> We might have if we if we knew we were going to get the press coverage. Boy, would there have been egg on our faces. <laughs> but it was and one of those days where it's like, uh, you boys don't watch the news, do you? Uh, finger on the pulse. Uh, no, so so that got canceled. So I went from, oh yeah, look at me, I'm on my way. I'm I'm not I'm not up that next rung, but my foot's off one rung, and it's midair on the way to hit the next rung not so fast uh is what it is and on the other hand you know um i ended up not being able to go see greg bogus because i got home from a, the little guys you know european football game uh, it ran late i couldn't go see him in maine i'm like oh you know what my friend sean is going to go see mike you know you know mike katrobis do this show with steve bjork i'll go over there and it was cool. I just went over to see the show. It was really nice. It was outdoor under one of those like really industrial tents on this uh, place up in Milford, New Hampshire, that on one side, they have this really nice, you know, uh, buffet set, table outside, a tent, all that stuff. It's all set up. And maybe maybe a quarter mile away on the other part of the property is one of those haunted hayride type things. So randomly through the show, you would just hear these, you know, blood curling screams. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, it is that time of year, isn't it? But, uh, not I'm sitting annoying at all. Not even uh, a little, no, <laughs> but uh, I'm sitting there with, with Sean. And again, just what, uh, you know, Mike wasn't doing a set. He was just hosting. And I say just hosting, but I just took his class and be like, you know what? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad to actually go see him host. It's it's always great. Plus, these shows are fun. You know, you've gone to some with me, and they're, they're, they're a fun night out. But Mike comes over to, you know, my buddy Sean and I and says, hey, you guys want to go up and do a few minutes to kick off the show? Completely unexpected. So it was one of those, yeah, I didn't get to do this little thing uh you know that was coming up but it was uh it would have been like what you know okay anyways it, it timed out really nicely it's also the first time i had no notes i wasn't thinking about it driving up i wasn't preparing or rehearsing the day i just went up cold which was kind of a great thing you know a great new experience it's like all right here's a mic go be funny asshole <laughs> yeah 
You have the emergency five minutes in your back pocket. Um, but I'm honestly, consider yourself lucky that you didn't go to those other gigs that got canceled because chances are you wouldn't have known what day it was anyway when the day arrived. <laughs> You'd be like, oops, hey, you know what? My kids usually aren't eh, and the hey. I, 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 and I told you, I talked about it a few weeks ago. There's a, it's called The Right, W-R-I-T, The Right Mind Podcast. Bunch of young rappers. They have this really nice studio, really cool people. Again, they're friends with my friend Sean, who I was doing that, uh, that show with last week. And they booked me to be a guest. I showed up on Thursday thinking it was Wednesday. <laughs> I, and that was like two months ago. I, I honestly... Hey, I remember recently when I stayed over, uh, came over to your house to watch some, you know, old television, and then you get an email reminder at 7 p.m. of your <laughs> 10 p.m. Zoom comedy gig. And it's like, oh, uh, sorry, we had to change the plans. Call an audible. I, 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 honestly, it's horrible how much that's been happening. But but you're on the phone all the goddamn time. Just set reminders. Dude. Oh, I have endless reminders. Like honestly, endless reminders. But uh, you know, la last Thursday, you know, I'm driving to Friday. He had a game on Friday. I'm driving my son to his football game, the American football game. As we're driving there. He had to be there at 4.30. We're driving there. It's like, okay, the game's been changed to like 7.30. You don't have to be here to 5. We're already in the car. And then about 20 minutes later, it's like, oh, we just put together a JV game tomorrow here at 9 a.m. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, what? It's like. Well, that's so, out of your control. Those are just assholes who are fucking playing with the minds of young children. And then it's the same thing. And the little guy's, you know, soccer thing. He's on a school team and then a travel team out of National New Hampshire. And there's been so many rainouts lately because we have. We've had, you know, for an atheist to say we've had a biblical, biblical, biblical amount of rain this so is that an exaggeration? I mean, it's a lot. It's a it's a lot. And they always happen around the weekends, too. So it's kind of a bummer. But then his games get canceled. And then we will randomly on a Wednesday night at like nine, the phone will ding. Cause the school has this one app for, for his games. The travel team has another app. So it's all these different dings and reminders. It's like, Oh, here's a game tomorrow. Don't worry. It's only in Hudson, New Hampshire. It's just a short hour and a half from where you are, you know? And so it's like, oh, crap. Does, ever, so, does the school think that every kid has like a John Madden bus that they can just hop yes, in? Yes, yes, and And that was one of the things I had to have a, again, you know, for an atheist to say, have a come to Jesus meeting with the people who run the drink and high football program who were giving kids from my son's school shit for not showing up for practice at 3.30. And I reminded them very nicely in the way that I nicely remind people, I'm calm, but I'm direct. And I, you know how I am. And I'm like, okay, so you beg for kids to join your program who go to school in Tingsboro, who get out of school at three with no planning you know you you send out an email saying we have to fold the season unless people come to our program and they show up monday and by tuesday you're saying you're showing up for practice late it's like the kids at the school can stay after school and be there uh you're asking kids 
to change everything. In our case, I got to get to the school in Tingsboro, which is on one part of the triangle, drive his brother home to Lowell on the other side and backtrack here. It's like, anyways, nobody needs to know that, but there's a lot of moving pieces. And plus we got to factor in, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> like, like let's not, you know, you that can't. is the constant. That is the constant throughout all of these problems is that your moronicness is there <laughs> at all times. Morony, Morani? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Put a pot of coffee on me. <laughs> But but so but back to the comedy thing. So Mike Mike having me go up was great. And what happened at the end of that night? So here's Mike produces shows every week, headlines somewhere every week. He runs these classes, has been just a great friend and a mentor. And he comes over and says, Hey, do you want to go up and do a few minutes? Go up, do a few minutes. I felt really good about it. An hour and a half later, after the, the regular opener that they have booked, the middle guy goes up, and then Steve Bjork does his set. Hanging out, and Steve's like, Steve Bjork, who, again, been on the podcast, somebody I look up to in comedy so much, such a nice guy, an hour and a half is going through my set, beat by beat. Like, he remembered my set, and he's like, oh, when you said this joke, he's like, first of all, liked it, you're doing everything right. On this joke, maybe rephrase this part here because it kind of led to that. I mean, just just fine tuned a couple things here and there. And it was just that night, just Mike having me go up unexpected, just Steve breaking down the material. That made up for maybe 50 bat mics where I drove an hour and thought I was going up a half hour later, go up two hours later to a room of three people because the people who went on just before me left as soon as they were done. And I bitch about that. And I bitch about this makes up for truly 50 bad shitty bikes. Um, and it also, I got more out of it. You know, it's a, it's a real room full of 60 ish people who paid to be there. It's an hour and a half show with, a, a, a national headliner, you know, Mike hosting a show for a big headliner like like Steve. I mean, that was the caliber um, of what was going on. And it was absolutely fantastic. And then a couple days later, I timed the routine. I shaved off 20 minutes. There was a couple things that Steve said, once I point this out to you, you're going to hear it listening back. But try to work on tweaking this and tweaking that. I ran through the routine 10 times. I felt really comfortable. And I texted him back and said, hey, I shaved off 20 minutes. I heard exactly what you were pointing out. I say that routine is probably 20, 25% you know, better than when I did it on Saturday. And he wrote back saying, you know, my pleasure. It was great. Oh, by the way, this joke that you told, I wish I had written it. And for a comic that I look up to, and I I, I, I did not call my wife first, <laughs> I called Joe first. I'm like, I think I'm going to go walk in front of a bus now because. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good to get the encouragement um, from your peers and mentors. You know, right. it's um, it's a good thing. It, it keeps you it keeps you motivated. It uh, you're actually building skills in comedy and stand up. Um, you're with with that kind of help you're destined to not suck for 10 straight years you know and not give up and maybe be encouraged to write 
new new jokes and you know um yeah it, it's it's all it's all good now how how do we shave down 20 minutes from this podcast <laughs> that that is yet to be seen. You know what? You know, you know, let's let's see if we can come in under an hour. I, I mean, I actually turned it on, but no, you know. So the comedy thing has been going really great. It's like, yeah, a few things got canceled. I've been to so many, like I I've literally been to 120 mics. Let's say in the last year, uh, 40 or 50 have sucked, and, and they've sucked for various reasons. You know, I sucked. I wasn't funny. I wasn't good. I wasn't prepared. You know, there are a lot of different reasons why those mics might might have sucked. But to have these shows canceled would happen. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, to, to have all this other stuff, uh, Jenny, you know, Jenny Millions on Instagram, um, Jennifer uh, Howell, wow. who, you know, who's become a friend, like a real friend, not somebody who, hey, how you doing when I see, but somebody you talk to. Truly, truly, truly. Yeah, there's always going to be shitty people. I'm, I'm quite sure in every walk of life. I know that for a fact. I, you know, I know that for a fact. Every oh, job. Go on. What that, makes you think there are <laughs> shitty people out there? But I tell you, I can deal with a hundred shitty people for every one friendship you get to forge for it with somebody like her. You know. Also, just recently, we we had. You know, Sims, the, the the comedian, she's wonderful. You know, I I've, I now consider her a friend. Lauren Sims. You know, yeah. So, yeah, are there shitty people here and there? Sure. But overall, I've – and same thing. It's like I've become a really good friend, you know, with Wayne Russell and Anthony from the Open Mic Podcast, which their podcast has changed quite a bit the last few episodes. Uh, they're having Open more guests. Pain. Yeah, like you know, it's changing because they're changing. They're not they're not just open micers. They're getting book shows. They're having the same kind of success. I don't know if success is the right word, but they're on a good street too, doing book shows, um, becoming friends with other bookers and other people in this industry. Their their website or their their podcast is really fun. They're great guys, but you think I would have known Wayne? for the last 10 years with how much we've been communicating and talking just the past couple months, you know, you know how I'm the new Biff. I say Wayne's the new Joe. I think <laughs> we and, got something here. And he is, I, I definitely want to have him up, but you know, that's, that's the update with that. It's been good, but there's, there's been so much great comedy in our lives. It's funny because the writer's strike is now over. You know, that's great. You know, my, my cousin's back to work. Uh, if the first SNL is next week. Now, how does that work? Because the actor's strike is still going on. Aren't those performers under SAG after? Is, I guess SNL is not a struck show. I guess I, it's the same with, with – so first of all, let's, let's talk about Strike Force 5. The amount of joy that that podcast has brought my life. For those of you who don't know, Strike Force Five is the podcast formed by the five straight white middle-aged late-night hosts that um, uh, basically needed to generate some money to give to their staff. So they had uh, Rhino Reynolds uh, companies um, sponsor this ongoing weekly podcast if you haven't heard of strike force five then i guess you're just not into funny you're just not into anything because uh 
even though the strikes ended, they're still continuing to make podcasts. And I don't know how much longer it's going to last, but I hope it's forever. I kind of hope it's forever because I too am also really enjoying Strike Force Five. But again, that's boring, Joe. Trying to add context to what no. You're talking well, about. what's funny is like I, so 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 much of their stuff is inside baseball. They talk. They're all different style of hosts, but so much of their paths have crossed before. Like they've all at one point, not all, but so many of them have either worked for Saturday Night Live or worked for Jon Stewart or worked at this place, you know, and as much as as much as they have different styles and different everything else, the commonality is there. It's but the bottom line is it speaks to you and I and management who absolutely she just she always refers to Seth Myers as her late night husband just likes the late night like culture and content they're only doing 12 they recorded allegedly their last one the other day okay I wish they would do a monthly show maybe they will I mean it really sounds like they enjoy it and well the thing is that this was brought on because they're on a group text and i think they do group zooms every now and then prior to the podcast so this was sort of like a natural kind of like hey why don't we just do what we've been doing but for money for our staff and that was a great thing and then you know they they just get the merchant just as the podcast but i will tell you (laughs) so we made sure we recorded the first nights back for all the late night talk show hosts and I will tell you, Jimmy Kimmel's was not my favorite, but he did do my favorite thing because they all talked about the show. And every time Jimmy Kimmel says on our podcast, Strike Force 5, the lightning bolt sound effect comes in. <laughs> it was absolutely great. And you Jimmy know, Kimmel yeah. runs the soundboard, and he, from the first episode, anytime the mention Strike Force 5, he would hit the the only sound apparently on his soundboard was this <laughs> thunderclap. So it was, it, it that they could have done. A, they actually did half a podcast trying to decide if they were going to keep the thunderclap or not, <laughs> and then they decided they were going to keep it. But then it became this thing where sometimes he would forget to hit it, or but it, it they they all seem like really decent people, and they all. And a context like this where they're doing a live show together and they take turns hosting and they keep asking each other, not got you questions, but hey, I'm going to host this. I'm going to take it in this. Even Jimmy Kimmel, who uh, not Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, who, as you said, has his boyish charm about him. That's just delightful. And his whole music thing. He's a bright guy. But those other four guys. Are just so fucking sharp. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's background is radio, and he's a huge fan of David Letterman from his teenage years, as we talked about on our last podcast. Uh, so he grew up with that late night sensibility. Um, yeah, Fallon's more of like a sketch performer. Um, you know, he was famous for cracking up during the SNL sketches. Very kind of unprofessional, but yet still professional um so yeah but there's a likability to him yeah he does do a couple of misfires donald trump's hair the nfts but 
you know, we can forgive him oh. for that. We can forgive him for those transgressions because, you know, he likes to jump on the latest fads, whether it's, you know, hawking um, scam NFTs to their audience members or humanizing a terrible dictator type person. You know, either one, you know, the, the latest fads, whatever the kids are into nowadays, he's on board with. So, um, so which makes it actually even funnier when the other four hosts relentlessly relentlessly oh. bust his balls <laughs> and and there'll be times when i've paused it to call joe right away it's like have you listened to this episode yet have you gotten to this part and i told joe it's like i want to find a reason like we got to drive to new york for something like there's a couple plays down there we've talked about seeing there you know the back to the future play i i still haven't seen Picker mormon uh, just so we can have an excuse to listen to the podcast there and back because it's one of those things where, yeah, I almost, as funny as it is, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know, this happened or they mentioned this. And I did, I was texting Joe while I was driving the other day. It's like, did you hear the Dick Cavett story where he would sneak into, he, he would the literally, show. yeah, put on a raincoat, walk in backwards holding a variety magazine under his arm to kind of look like a reporter or something like that. And he walks up to Jack Parr, says he's a messenger and hands him a packet, a messenger packet. And it's a bunch of jokes he wrote that Jack Parr used later that night. And it's just those stories that they, they know these things and their backgrounds and how they got from point A to point B, or they did a, they did an episode talking about how they got their show. And, and like Jimmy Kimmel, didn't know he was getting a show. He was just told, oh, yeah, this is when your show starts. <laughs> and, he, and, and it was kind of the same thing with, um, I, I forget which one of the other ones was Gold like, yeah, Gobert is like, yeah, we're just going to do this now. Uh, so that that was funny. But anyways, Strike Force 5. So again, stop listening to our podcast. Go listen to Kid Cut Up on Open Mic Pain with Wayne and Russell and listen to Strike Force 5 and Feel free to call management, myself, or Joe and say, hey, did you hear this? And then talk about it for an hour. So let us not forget the custom made Ryan Reynolds advertisements. So, yeah, we don't have to get into it. Just that's. Could could you love him more? Um, Yeah. And maybe, you know, the way uh, uh, a stranger can love another stranger. Yeah. He's he's just. yeah, he's doing these ads to support these four four male late night talk show hosts and that um, oh. sassy British woman. <laughs> oh, the sassy British woman. That's right. Sorry, I blew, I blew your a lucky joke. Hey, oh. Uh, so other news. It looks like I'm moving ahead with it. I registered the domain name. Uh, hopefully, the website goes live sometime next week for Jump the Shark Films in which I will be hosting a 24-hour filmmaking contest. Wait, 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 wait. You, you bought Jump the... You, 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 wait, yeah. there's a website that you started called Jump the Shark Films? Yes. You know that Jump the Shark is owned by TV Guide, right? Right, but I have... Nobody jump, owns TV Guide, apparently. I, I have jumptheshark.films.com. Ah, that's so, right. Well, I own, um, you know... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Pepsi condoms. <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like, no, 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 no. I have uh, Disney comedy. 
No, no, no. Hey, we are the Jejeo's people's front, not the people's front of Jejeo. <laughs> Anyways, Jump the Shark Films. Okay, a, a nice original name. Yeah, you know, well. It's, it, like, no, it's like naming your podcast carnival personality. <laughs> a quote from a movie that you didn't write. Anywho. No, I was nine. You know, just, yeah. I was pretty funny at nine, but not. Anyways, but yeah, we're going to do uh, our friend Sam, who is the Carnival Personnel CWDCU Senior Correspondent, um, going to host a 24-hour filmmaking challenge where on uh, December 8th at 7.30, we will be meeting with, you know, people can log in virtually, you know, be there in person, and we will be having uh, the competition subject matter drawn from a hat. So you can't prepare. Will be, you know, you have you got to make a six minute film, and we'll have a, like a bunch of different genres in a hat, in which we will. Up, oh, this is the kind of film we're going to make. Up, oh, this is uh, the kind of prop that you have to have in the background. Up, oh, this is a line of dialogue that you have to, you know, maybe I got a bad feeling about this. Or, up, oh, you got to have the Wellheim scream in there somewhere. You know, there will be one kind of like there's, there's, cause you know, that's how those film things work. There's usually two or three kind of, Hey, you have to have this kind of element in there. Or you have to have this line or somebody has to walk through a door wearing a trucker's hat. You know, it can be in the background, it can be part of the main scene, but uh, but that all will happen, and then people have 24 hours to, uh, you know, submit their six-minute projects, and then the following day on Sunday afternoon will be the screening and award show. Oh, so, great. So what's the website name again? It, it, it will be going live hopefully next week, and it is Jump the Shark Films. JumpTheSharkFilms.com. Oh, okay. All right. We didn't so, go. By the way, I'm, I'm buying a website that will go to jumpthesharkfilms.com called seasonedassist.com. <laughs> it's a term. Of, it's a term, you know. I know. I, I'm just saying, I'm, you know, I, I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't even play one on TV. Now we're getting into your, your wheelhouse. Tell us what you've been up to and just today in the Lucia. What, what, what do we have going on? just today why don't you send me the screen grab up and why is it naked oh uh well <laughs> that was private but anyway now that it's out in the open i was working on the atari 2600 that i have the old you know wood grain one because i went to fire it up the other day and i wasn't getting any power to it so i was like well let's crack it open and go to the YouTube and see what I should do to diagnose this thing. And it turns out it's probably a bad voltage regulator. So um, that's like a small expense, but not one that I'm willing to actually do because I'm, I, I kind of spent a lot of money this year on video games and I'm probably going to spend a little extra money towards the end of the year uh, on more video games. So I'm going to kind of cut back on my retro gaming repair stuff, um, expenses, especially. Um, and it also happens. It also is good to have a backup Atari 2600. How much does a voltage regulator for the like, Atari no, 2600? Like the whole, oh, sorry. The, 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 they come in like a kit, like you can buy them from like specialty websites and they're like 15 bucks shipped, you know? So, 
it's not they're you know a big expense but it adds up you know like you buy 15 bucks here 20 bucks there 200 bucks there <laughs> it adds up so i'm like yeah you know what i'll just i'll put the old wood green atari aside and i'll just use the smaller atari 2600 junior as it's colloquially known as because it came out in 1986 it was like the refurbished or repackaged like smaller version that came out for like fifty dollars uh had a iconic commercial campaign which i won't bore you with but uh, it, it involved a rap and that um is just buried deep within my brain from watching that as a kid on like you know channel 56 oh no i remember that rap yeah, yeah. It, it's like what, what what system was a power glove for uh that was for the uh Nintendo Entertainment. System. Okay, that that wasn't that wasn't that. No, but I remember the rap, and it's just um. Well, it's, it, the Atari. It's it's the Atari. You know, it's the twenty six hundred from Atari, and uh, from lots of games and fun you'll see. And it's only fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. And that's the <laughs> part of the song that I remember. The fun is back. Oh yes, sirree. It's the twenty six hundred from Atari. It's the video system with plastics galore. From space invaders to cars that roar. A real hip joystick controls the screen. Solaris is hot and midnight magic's mean. And one more thing, it's got a special low price. Under fifty bucks. Fifty bucks? Now isn't that nice? The fun is back, oh yes, sirree. It's the twenty six hundred from Atari. <laughs> um, it's online. Go watch it or don't. Or shut this podcast off and fucking take a walk. Do something with your life, me. <laughs> Stop taking apart Atari's and talk to your children. You no, don't. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, they've been. <laughs> Why start now? Um, you know, I haven't been playing games in months. And Head games. Playing games with Joe's heart, but the DLC and for the end initiative, that's downloadable content for the Resident Evil 4, which is probably going to get game of the year. You know, that's pretty much the buzz. But once again, um, the Resident Evil download is great. Like some of their downloads and add-on packages, this has been long time waiting. It was rumored when it dropped. It's like, oh, there's going to be this. There's this character called, uh, you know, uh, Ada, who has this interesting relationship with uh, Leon Kennedy, probably, probably the second biggest name, like you know, in, in the Resident Evil franchise. And it's funny that on Resident Evil 4 she just appears a couple times and just kind of bails his ass out because she's on a mission of her own that you don't know anything about but it kind of crosses over what he's doing and maybe they're on the same side maybe they're not maybe she's helping him but maybe she's helping herself uh and they've done this with other games where yeah the DLC is her campaign and it's another four hours six hours like the first time I played it through it was six hours the first time i not so little little guy played it through it was four hours um i haven't played it too much but i wanted to play it just enough to unlock my favorite thing about resident evil is when you got to play through a couple times you got to get enough coins and trinkets and jewels and gadgets to unlock the unlimited rocket launcher and then you go through the game and you just fucking blow up everything 
yeah, that's a reward. I mean, for doing such a, a good job in playing the game. You get God, basically God mode. You just walk around and go, gajish, gajish. Oh, and, uh, yeah, have a, have a grand old time. Is that a little mouse in the field over there? Well, hello <laughs> <laughs> to my yeah, little I, friend. I, I, I'm so, yeah, I, I do, as much as I hate, like, how AAA games can cynically approach the way that they market themselves in this new digital landscape of video games. I do like that game companies that really care about their product and developers that really care about their games, keep making stuff for their games, you know, yeah. for sale, you know, like they're just keeping at it, keep adding on. Oh, by the way. Yeah. That triple a game of the year we put out six months ago. Here's a little extra. You know, here's a little something, something. Yeah, yeah, I know it's 20 bucks. What's 20 bucks? Well, it, it, it's true because I think it was 15 bucks. And even if we never played it again, he got six hours of entertainment out of it. No, I got six hours. He got four hours. It's 10 hours. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, you can't like, get that from a book. I'll tell the, you that. No, no, it's all that reading. I, I, I love books. It's the reading part that I'm not a big fan You're of. more a fan of the burning of the. <laughs> You know, I don't look, I disagree in principle with burning books, but ugh like fire. <laughs> fire good. Fire good. Fire fire is our friend. And and you know, we're not gonna go down the rabbit hole of any political stuff, but but just help me out here. In the annals of history, not to confuse the annals of history, which Pornhub, fantastic, but in the annals of history, the, the people who generally burned books. The good guys. I uh, let me check. I, I would check my notes, but somebody burned it. <laughs> you know, the only the only thing about politics I'll even mention is who could have seen that Kevin McCarthy would not have last year as Speaker of the House. I mean, who other than absolutely everybody? <laughs> it took him fifteen votes to get in and one to get out, uh, and it's it, it's it's uh, amazing uh, how talk about you know, burning things, the dumpster fire that is the GOP. Um, I can't wait for Trump to be president again, so he straightens oh, the shit. No, 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 he's going to be Speaker of the House. He, he's going to be Speaker of the House. And, and you've seen the meme, and it's been a meme forever. There's a guy riding a bike. He's, he leans over and he puts a stick in his spokes. His own spokes. Yeah. His own spokes. And it was like, you know, the Republican, the Republican Congress puts a stick in the spokes stupid democrats you know and 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 this is the best thing it's and it's true it took 15 votes and each time he had a give away more power and give away more power and one for me boss and one for you <laughs> what about me boss and one for you and the thing is that part of the concessions that he made was by the way we're giving congress the right to vote me out if they don't like me one person it used to it used to be you used to have x number of people you have to have like 50 people have to like come to sponsor this the bill right and this time it was like eh, matt gates no. matt gates you mean the one guy and and if we go back because it's a long time ago it was it was years and years it was 10 months where somebody had to physically be restrained by their face who was going after him in in congress because he was the holdout and they negotiated that yep anyways the, the important thing is two weeks ago when we last talked we were on the precipice of the government shutting down 
and the 19th hour on like Saturday, the government shutting down at midnight on Saturday in the wee hours of like Saturday during Saturday, late into Saturday evening, they came to an agreement. The Democrats helped make this bill happen. A 45 day emergency funding got to Biden's desk. He signed it. The next day, Kevin McCarthy goes on the Sunday news shows and shits all over the Democrats. Like literally says they were the one trying to shut the government down. They were, it's like his part. It's obviously everybody knows, you know I mean? It's his part, you know, like literally shits, shits, shits on them. Well, then, then, yeah, no, it was, it was the Scheiser film again. (laughs) Shout out to Pornhub. Annals of history. (laughs) Hello, ma, if you did a Scheiser film, you tell me, right? Uh, Yes, honey. And he does. A couple days later, this whole thing starts, and everybody's saying, well, the Democrats are are, are pushing this. It's like, no, they, 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 they're blaming the Democrats because the Democrats didn't come and save him. Like, that's the thing. It's like, they caused this. They put the stick in the spokes, but the Democrats didn't take the stick out of his hands before they can do it. And all it took is eight Republicans to vote him out. That That's how the vote came down. 200 to like 200 and... 16 and it was eight republicans who voted him out and somebody said it's like all it would take there's 216 republicans all it would take is five of them to say you know what i love my party i love my country but in the last 10 months we've got nothing passed we have this Hunter Biden investigation where our first witness comes in and says, there's nothing here. There's no evidence. You know, maybe if we keep looking, we'll find something, but there's no reason any of us are here. We looked uh, for Hunter Biden evidence and couldn't find any. But you know what? God darn it. We found the weapons of mass destruction from 2003. <laughs> that Saddam Hussein. Hey, you know, every cloud is a silver lining. And so all it would take is five of them to say, you know what, we we do see the importance of funding Ukraine. Let's vote for Akeem Jeffries to get in there. That's all it would take is five, like less than 2% of their party to have a spine and say, look, I know I'm probably going to get voted out. I know I'm probably going to be, you know, uh, a primary or whatever, you know, but this dysfunction is a fucking embarrassment. And something has to stop but we know that won't happen so let's move on um and you, you know, know what? it's almost like that they tried to abort the uh kevin oh, mccarthy I, I see what you're saying there. like you know, you know you think they would see through you know the full term well I, well he did get 10 months so you know they carried him through the term oh, okay but you know you know it, is it really that bigger deal because this happens all the time right i mean speakers yeah. get Right. Look, now, uh, hold on. Wait, wait. We're breaking news. What's happening? Uh, oh, first time in history. First time <laughs> in U.S. history. This has happened. Hey. And the last time they tried to vote somebody out was ni- uh, 1911, I believe, before my grandfather was born. You uh-huh. know, they tried to do that. Uh, so, so I don't think we've mentioned Taylor Swift enough on this episode or our podcast in general. Uh, but the only thing I want to talk about sports right now is, uh, first of all, it is batshit crazy how uh, uh, Kelsey's jersey sales have gone up like 400% in the last couple of weeks. Of course. 
It's absolutely fantastic. I will say, I don't watch any sports, but I did see the clip. The Jets got fucked by the refs. Like, literally, like, they should have beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They absolutely got robbed. But I want to bring up that the day after the Jets lost to KC last week, um, A.A. Rod Rogers was on the Pat McAfee podcast. And Pat McAfee, um, it's a decent podcast. Uh, he's a he's a very interesting story. He was a kicker for the Indianapolis Colts. Yep. Uh, had a, had an interesting career. Probably for Barstool, right? Short time. Yeah. Uh, but it was you know his career highlight film. He had a really decent career. He punted the ball once, and on the return, probably threw the most vicious check a punter has ever thrown in NFL history. I mean, it was brutal. Like, my feelings came out. And it's hilarious because the next day he was randomly drug tested because they randomly drug test people. And he made a big deal about that. It's like, yeah, random. I make one hit in my career and the next day. Anyways, but uh, here's Aaron Rodgers, uh, once again, has hosted more episodes of Jeopardy then snaps of the ball from his career with the New York Jets and he's on this podcast and he's talking well the Jets played really good we really shut down Mr. Pfizer because Kelsey has recently done a Pfizer commercial for getting your next round of vaccine shots which has offended horse tranquilizer <laughs> you know a conspiracy theory which you know, Kelsey's a funny guy. He was actually really good on Saturday Night Live. When he hosted Saturday Night Live, he was pretty darn good. The people who, you know, the guy who owns the New York Jets is heir to the Johnson & Johnson pharmaceutical fortune. And so he's like, yeah, that's a pretty good one coming from, you know, Mr. Johnson & Johnson. Like, it's a, but Aaron Rodgers isn't even playing, and he's finding a way to be a dick it's like how you know i could not cheer against the guy more you know <laughs> he's got the time and money i mean what, what he else does he to do? but but uh but yes uh like uh anyways so I, th I think we can wrap up sports and our taylor talk i will say the only other sports thing is i'm not caught up yet but so far so great with ahsoka um i am we watched episode four last night of Murderers in a Building, uh, which I think leaves us two episodes behind you. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, it's, I like the uh, third season. They got picked up for a fourth. And um, you know who also got picked up for a fourth season? Because I heard her say it on a podcast. Uh, Edie Patterson from Righteous Gemstones oh. said that they got picked up for a fourth. See, I'm okay. I mean... Nobody yeah. asked me. I would have been fine. The way they ended it, I think, was pretty, we talked about, was yes. pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'll take more Righteous Gemstones. Look, do, do I want a little bit more of uh, Baby Billy Bible Bumpers? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I really think I do. I want me some more Billy Baby Bible Bumpers. Um, Uncle Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. Bonkers, Thanks. not bumpers. Bonkers. I'll get it. I'll get, you know, by the end of fourth season. The bam. O in Bonkers crushed that man's head. How do you forget? I, how do I forget? Uh, but yeah, Ahsoka's great. Um, Loki, so far so good. It is, but it's like uh, we did. I, I rewatched it, and then I watched one of those shows. It's like, all right, if you were confused about this, yeah. it's 
And even then I was like, yeah, I like it, but it, woo, is there a lot of stuff jammed in there? Is there a lot of, a lot of, hey, they're paying an homage to this that you might have missed 10 years ago. And by the way, in phase 91 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're, they're laying the groundwork because they mentioned this character who you're never going to see, but it's the second cousin of the neighbor of the big bad six movies coming up from now. So. It's like the first episode, they just pull out like the big wad of Christmas tree lights. You know, and it's like we'll unravel this over the course of the next whatever. But just these are all these are this is everything right here in a big ball. Uh, I'm gonna say, and, and I'm gonna speak for Joe on this. Please, God, and, and I'm not gonna run it by you. I didn't give you heads up. The people, and there's not a lot of them. W once again, there's people. only a few, a few awful, awful, awful people out there. Um. The people who have recently spoken up and said, you know what? He's not that funny. Martin Short really, you know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. The other day in episode four, and, I, and you and I will talk about it in a little bit, management rewound it three times. It's just him getting off an elevator, walking 10 feet, and he does a physical comedy thing that was so brilliant and it's like i can't imagine their writing is like oh marty's gonna do this thing and he does and it's one of those signature martin short idiot uh idisms idisms idiosyncrasies it is that was idioms. it idioms thank you it hurt how funny it was there's no dialogue there's no build up to it there was nothing call back to it later. It was just isolated little thing that he made a five-step walk from the elevator to the door he was going to be walking into. Hilarious. Like to the point where we hit the backwards button, you know, two more times. So we watched it three times and each time laughed hysterically and was like, holy shit, he is a fucking genius. Yeah. And it's a person who didn't think he was funny, uh, but it but it caused debate, you know. It it it, it caused it caused it. Yeah. And the only other thing we started to watch, and I wanted to watch it because it's about David Beckham, and my little guy is all about like the Premier League, and at the same time, as I said to Joe when we were talking the other day, Giselle and Tom Brady. The, the power couple that they were for 20 years, her international sensationalism, he being the biggest person in North American sports, one of the biggest people in sports in the world, it, 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 it's, it, made, it made sports people like, wait, really? When people realized that she didn't make more money than him. She made a lot more money than him. Like, 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 oh, right. Yeah, nine Super Bowls. That's nice. <laughs> you know, it's like that her net worth. Well, you know, Posh Spice and David Beckham were truly royalty. And the money that they made at the height of their careers, their height of their fame, but they probably were the most savvy PR image conscious power couple maybe in history 
and, and and I know Hollywood people and all that stuff. So when you see that, like, yeah, it's a four-part documentary on how great David Beckham is. It's like, yeah. Oh, wait. It's produced by David Beckham's company. Well, isn't that nice? Was it called Beckham versus Time? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Like, like six people who are going to know what you're saying, and each one of them saying, fucking A, Joe. You are right on. But so we're watching it mostly – for the highlights of him playing in like the 90s where he was really and uh, dude i love the archival footage of when you see the great athletes or the great musicians like you know when they're six or seven and and again it's one of those things this wasn't dad pushing this on him it's like you can't make somebody want to work as hard as somebody makes generally can it's happened now and then it's great but i will say you know what? Maybe it's not all for the cameras because there was a cutaway that I saw on Instagram and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. The first episode was much more interesting than I thought. It really was much more interesting. I thought, again, the highlights, there was some stuff about his career that I didn't know. Uh, he was red carded in a world cup elimination game early in the game for doing something stupid and England lost that game. And he went from being, National hero because it was his heroics that got them out of the group stage into the round of 16, but it was this split second of being stupid tripping somebody that got him red carded and then they lost the game. And again, just like they, just like, you know, Bill Buckner, it's like, no, when the ball went through his legs, he didn't lose. Like there was still more baseball to be played. They lost that game in extra innings. You know, England ended up losing that game in penalty kicks, but it's hard to say, yeah, if he was on the pitch for the last 75 minutes, maybe England would have won that game. Anyways, but but the whole reason I want to watch this show is he's in another room. Maybe he's in the control room watching it, and they're talking to his wife, and she's saying, well, we had so much in common. We both came from these working-class families, and he kind of busts in the room. He pokes his head in the room and goes, don't lie. And she's like, my family was working class. He's like, don't lie. And the third time he says it, he's kind of pissed now. And, and, and she's like, we were. My father worked very hard. And it's almost like an argument. And he's like, what kind of car did your father drive you to school in? Well, we had different cars. What kind of car did your father drive you to school in? And she's like, a Rolls Royce and he slams the door and walks out and, and he was nice. so insensitive like his dad you can see on the footage truly works seven days a week mom works seven days a week they had weekend jobs you know also they could buy him the new Manchester United kit for Christmas every year and so that he could go to see one game a year like that was the big thing that was their one big expense and she's being dropped and like and what did you say joe i don't know what's I'm her done. name oh uh, yeah <laughs> this, she's calling herself working class uh your nickname was posh spice i don't know too many working class posh people um from any country really but yeah so I so far so are you watching that's anything? Like, that, that's like oh. um, there was a line from Futurama, like the earlier early seasons of Futurama, where uh, Amy Wong, who was like the like very like spoiled uh, rich girl, and I think she was trying to play off like not being as rich as she was, and uh, she's like, wait, what what fraternity did you go to? Cause somebody called her out, and she goes, uh, Kappa Kappa Wong. 
<laughs> that's posh spice. Like dropped off in a Rolls Royce at school. You know, it's a, it's it was it was this real uncomfortable moment where you could tell. Yeah, he's like, come on, be honest. And then he was like, dude, we had a fucking heart. You know what I mean? Don't. Yeah. Don't. I'm not saying your dad's a bad guy. I'm not saying your dad didn't work his ass off. Don't say you came up the same way. You know, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like, and honestly, you know, yeah, we grew up really, really, really poor. Uh, we had a house. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. We, we 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 lived we lived in a you know it was it was a middle class town. We the poor kids in a middle class town where we. Did, did not have great clothes. I had the shittiest hockey equipment, but somehow my mom got me to the to the rink. Like sometimes I'm not going to get into it. It was it was it, I got there. Was my equipment great? No. Is hockey the most expensive sport you could possibly be playing? Yeah, that's why my my mom had the third job during the holiday season. She would pick up this third job, you know, to do weekend courier service. It's like we always had food in the fridge. You know, it's like yeah. Did I have it harder than the other kids on Carter Lane? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but uh, it's all relative. But you shut the fuck up, Sean. You know what I mean? It's like you know, I I, I always ate and I got. Oh, really? You you got to play hockey, did you? <laughs> you know, you yeah, you poor fuck. You know, don't cry for me, Argentina. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I it's it's gonna be a fun watch, and it became one of those things where management, who doesn't like sports, loved the Spice Girls. She loved David Beckham. I will tell you, I'm gonna sidebar. Management used to love David Beckham, loved him, like, like to an uncomfortable level, used to love David Beckham, love David Beckham. <laughs> David Beckham comes to Los Angeles. She heard David Beckham speak for the first time, and you could see her lose her woman erection. <laughs> Hello, love. <laughs> it, it was it was like one of those things where you know how many of the the biggest movie stars in history from the silent movie era didn't make it. Right. Like you when could the talkies came in, they were like, oh. "Wait a second. Yeah, they made a movie about that, Singing in the Rain. Um, yeah. The, also, check out the John Oliver piece about David Beckham. It was like last season or this season, okay. I think. Uh, just a brief thing, and it basically makes fun of the way he talks. Um, yeah, I forget. Maybe it was part of the documentary series. He's talking about eating a taco instead of a taco. You know, I think pronounces a ta- taco. Um, and how it, he is a montage of like how he he loves everything. You know, like oh, I love this. I love this. Uh, you know, whatever. I love this. I love that. Anyways, John Oliver says it's funnier and much more. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. All right. I will watch that. But let's remember, John Oliver, big fan of the the oh, yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. You know, so, so oh, me, the guy who who loves the Boston Red Sox had some <laughs> unfavorable things to say about Derek Jeter, did he? <laughs> interesting. Interesting. I'm uh, just saying, from an outside point of view, it was entertaining. But oh, speaking of sports, real quick, uh, to quote uh, Super 70 Sports Twitter account, Super Sky Point to Tim Wakefield. So, how much did you, were you a big, big Tim Wakefield fan? I wasn't a big anything fan, but I loved when Tim Wakefield would take the mound. And yes, I did respect him. I loved when he, um, 
I, I mean, I felt miserable when Aaron Boone hit that fucking, you know, he was brought in as like the sacrificial. You're the literal last guy that we'll, we can throw in to fucking save this series. Please just get through three, three outs and so we can, you know, maybe come uh, do a comeback. No. no. Do, you know the, do you know the Tim Wakefield story, how he became a knuckleball pitcher? No. He was an outfielder. And he was an outfielder with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like he was coming up through their system and at one of the spring training, he was one of, he was like one of those guys who wasn't good enough to make the team, but good enough to make the 25 man roster, like or the 40 man roster. So the way baseball works is you have a 25 person roster. The last month of the season, it expands to 40. So you get to call the people up for the minor leagues to see if you got something moving forward, you know, and it was like a spring training game. He's goofing out in the off field and he's throwing it. You know, he's not going to be a major league guy. He's probably going to be a career minor league guy with a cup of coffee here and there. And the pitching coach is like, did you do that on purpose? He's like, yeah, I kind of, you know, used to try to throw knuckleball as a kid and stuff like that. And they sent him back to the minors and he came back up again as a pitcher over the next couple of years as a knuckleballer. And there's been going around the last few weeks, like slow, slow, slow mo footage of the ball not spinning at all. Yeah, it just it's like one, two, three strikes are out. One, two, three strikes are out. One, two, three strikes are out. Um, I, and I'm trying to make I, you know. Oh, I think it was Bob. Of course, it was Bob. You not Bob Eubanks. Bob Euchre. Euchre. Thank you. Who said? You know, his advice to catching for a knuckleball pitcher is wait for it to hit the backstop and then go pick it up because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where it's going. And I remember the Red Sox in a bonehead move had they had a backup catcher and I'm blanking on his name because it's been several years now who only caught for Tim Wakefield because catching the knuckleball is well, the skill good. of throwing it. No, it wasn't Veritech. Oh, no, the backup. The backup. Okay. This right. guy caught Tim Wakefield, and that's it. Like, he specialized in catching the knuckleball type guy. And he ended up getting traded. They ended up trading for him back, like, during during the pennant run. And it was one of those things. They made the trade happen early in the morning. He's in San Diego getting ready to play that night. And he flies, gets the Boston police escort from – Logan literally stopped traffic to get him on a Friday afternoon through the tunnel to Fenway Park. They had the limo at at Logan Airport with his uniform, and he got dressed in the limo and went right from the limo onto the field. Uh, and and truly, yes, Mirabelli. Thank you, thank you. And, and um, anyways, but Tim Wakefield. I loved and and it was always a little heartbreaking because he never got to pitch in the playoffs or he never got to pitch in the American League, uh, you know, the, the, the championship series or the World Series because the knuckleball doesn't work in the cold. You know, the hotter it is and the more humid it is, the the better the knuckleball is. The and, grip. Yeah. and he 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 was beyond instrumental getting them to the dance, but he could never actually be. And it's one of those things. It's like, well, we'll just put him in the bullpen. As you know, those Yankee Red Sox games. And I, 
I was going to try to come in under an hour. I did not do it. I cannot believe I've fallen down this much of the rabbit hole. But those Yankee Red Sox game would go six hours, and you yeah. would use everybody. You didn't have the extra spot to say, you know, we really want Timmy to be on the be on the roster. So we're pretty sure we can get through the the wild card and the American League Championship Series, and we can win the World Series without him. The two World Series that they won, that he was part of the team yeah they won with ease they, they were, yes. they, they were you know they were ease but it was getting past the yankees and the lcs those games were in new england and new york late october those games could be in 75 degree weather they could be in 28 degree weather and the red sox could never chance it and put him on the playoff roster which was always oh, they did oh yeah yeah a couple times but he never got in what they oh, tim wakefield yeah yeah yeah, look at look look at how much his playoff, how how many innings he had pitched oh, in no, the playoffs. I, I mean, he that that was the you know, what was that? The Tim Wakefield one with uh, Aaron Boone was in a LCS game. Seven. That was an LCS. I thought that was the first yeah. round where he just got like lit up. But but if they, it was going to be cold, they could not. You know, they could not afford the roster spot if it was going to be cold. And, yeah, and then when they brought him in, that's why. So they had him on the end of the – if that was another pitcher, if that was a really good AAA pitcher versus a knuckleballer who can throw more than 90 miles an hour, maybe it's a little different. But, uh, but yeah, he passed brain cancer. Uh, you know, when a guy five years older than you who you root it for. So my favorite all-time players in Red Sox history are probably Dustin Pedroia. Uh, Tim Wakefield and and Jason Veritek. You know, it's like, yep, Big Poppy and, and, and Manny and going back to my childhood, Fred Lynn and stuff like that. But the fact Lloyd that, Evans. you know, but I got to see Pedrora come through Lowell. I got to see him pitch with Lowell. So there was a connection. I read his autobiography and what a great, what a great autobiography. What a great guy he was. Um, fact that he's like 5'5". Five, five, five six he also probably did the funniest mlb uh uh ps commercial i think it was for the ps3 i think it was for the ps3 he was he was league mvp he was league mvp golden glove and it's him complaining he's like hey you know dear dear playstation you know blah 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 blah. the game is great the game is good but uh but it says that my you know, my avatar can't hit an inside curveball. And it cuts to the guy at the PlayStation thing whose last name, the character's last name was Limbear. And he's like, well, blah, blah, blah. Our research is this, 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 blah, 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 blah. You know, we, we stand by the accuracy of the game. Cuts back to Dustin Pedroia holding the gigantic, the size of him, like league MVP trophy. And he's like shining it up. It's like, you know, so what were you saying? You know, you know, oh, I'm trying to think of the line. It's like, Ah, he goes, oh God, he goes, yeah, you know, what, what, what league MVP can't hit an inside curveball? It cuts the other guy who thinks about it goes, you mean other than you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and there's the PlayStation thing. But yeah, the, like, you know, Veritech and Wakefield, I just absolutely, absolutely loved. Um, there you go. So yeah, so Sky Point to, to Tim Wakefield and, all-star if you're listening still why and secondly just go and look at some of the clips of that knuckleball just not moving it, it's it's one and now that i watch all these like european football clips and the whole bend it like beckham thing dude 
like I've seen I've seen physicists say that balls can't curve, that it's an illusion, that it's a way the arm bends, and and then you see you know somebody do a corner kick where it's like no the ball has to curve to go out and come in and and it's a whole science behind it but yeah so well, that scientists who say that balls can't curve are nerds <laughs> what are they say it again i don't think you said it right nerds what's your parenting tip of the week don't yell nerds at somebody <laughs> do not do it it's not nice um and they will come back to shoot you no, but, okay. See, so, yeah, I was going to say, but what if they look like you? No, they will it, shoot you. Okay. All right. <laughs> but, don't just don't call anybody a nerd no. because you don't know who's packing nowadays. You don't. Honestly, you don't. You know. Um, so, in my world, before I get to my parenting tip, I think by the time I talk with you next on this podcast, I would have seen um, Roy fucking Kent, Brett Goldstein at the Wilbur Theater. He's coming here next week. Um, you know, and it, it, it was part of that roller coaster ride. That was the day that I was supposed to host for Jim McHugh in Maine, and management had bought these tickets months ago, and I kind of don't want to go, and I was hoping she'd sell them because she spent more than I would feel comfortable spending on a ticket to go see anybody ever. Uh, but then the show got canceled, so now we're going. Uh, by the time I talk with you next on the podcast, uh, our friend Renetsky will have been here. She gets here next week. You know, very excited. You know, um, so so she will be coming out. But uh, yeah, my parenting tip of the week is, you know, kind of kind of a twofold thing. Be careful what you wish for, and you have two options in life: speak up for yourself or Shut the fuck up. Like, if you don't like something, speak up and say something about it, but don't stand on the sideline bitching about it. And, uh, you know, th- there, was, there was a couple things that weren't going right with the, with the oldest kid and the football, and they were kind of taking advantage of these kids coming from another school to save their program. And, you know, uh, I was a squeaky wheel. I'm like, hey, there's a lot of bullshit. Not cool with this. And they came back and said, you are 100% right. Uh, we're going to completely reevaluate how we do things. We're going to make sure they play, uh, especially in games when we're getting blown out by 40 points. There's no reason that they're not. But you know what we're also going to do? We're going to cobble together immediately a full JV roster, which now means <laughs> <laughs> he gets home for the Friday night games at 11, 11.30 at night. And they might be in a away game an hour away. They might be at home. But we have to be in the car seven hours later <laughs> so he can be on the field uh, for his JV games. And he played a JV. So he played the varsity game last Friday. Uh, didn't get much playing time. Again, it's fine. He's only a freshman. It was a close game. Uh, but seven and a half hours later, he was a half hour away. And he played not every snap but they only dressed 16 players. So he played offensive line and defensive line. He's not supposed to be on, on kickoff, but he was on kickoff for a couple of them. And he got in the car feeling like a piece of shit because physically he has never played 60 snaps. And it's nothing. And, and the thing is management was fucking shocked that the game was over in an hour and a half. They they snap the ball, they run a play, and they run another play 10 seconds later, and there's no TV timeouts, and there's no halftime show. The halftime's about 10 minutes, 
and the four quarters are 12 minutes each, not 15. But those 48 minutes of clock time take about an hour and a half all told. And it's like, but he was worked. He was worked from head to toe. Uh, you know, at practice on Thursday, game on Friday. And again, didn't play much, but, you know, was there three hours before the game. It's a two and a half hour game, half hour, you know, after the game, drive home in the car seven hours later. And he felt like he played bad and he played okay. But then what I did, because I taped every single play, I took the screen grabs and then he realized I wasn't being nice and being his dad. I'm like, did you did you not see the size of the guys they had matched up against you all game? So he's 5'9", 180. They had three different guys on the other team who had like 40 guys on their roster. And I'm going to say the smallest of the three guys he was matched up with on either side of the line was probably 6'2", 225, 230. Like just, just absolute absolute beast and he didn't get steamrolled like he didn't give up any sacks you know uh, and he didn't and most of the run plays or the pass plays would be if he's running up at left guard like they had they were running to the right side type thing like they were kind of running away from him and then he's like the whole drive home i didn't talk to him much because he got in the car and he was pissy but then i sat in the driveway hit you know hit pause like blew up the picture you know i had like six or seven of them sent it to him i'm like dude <laughs> and i let him cool off and he's like well i still don't think i played great i said you didn't you, you know you you, you 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 didn't get any inside to the quarterback at all but you know this is what you're up against and this is your second real game so be careful what you wish for because i bitched and now i've obligated every saturday from last saturday through thanksgiving <laughs> oh. oh man well so you know, yeah, it, it builds character and probably muscle mass and maybe a little uh, concussion every now and then. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll sort we'll sort that out later. Well, thanks for our, thanks for joining us um, again. Uh, rest in peace, Tim Wakefield. Um, also, just a rest in peace, Dick Butkus. Oh. You know, he the I mean, legendary uh, football player, actor, man and name i mean for crying out loud how do you not laugh at the name dick butkus you just don't i mean you do laugh anyway i laugh because i'm a child um but he was a, a great great person he's also no longer with us so sky point to dick butkus as well um anybody else die joe um oh yeah all those israelis and palestinians yeah um but we won't get into that and jock will probably edit that comment out Anyways, um, yeah, just remember, it's a it's an awful world out there. Um, hopefully, this podcast at some at times makes you forget how awful it can be for a lot of other people. Um, so just uh, be good to each other and uh, be good to yourself. You know, we only get one turn on this crazy Marvel, um, and uh, you know we got to make it count. Make it count. Make make the best of it, um, and by make the best of it, I mean take apart Atari twenty six hundreds and um, try to get them working. And then once you get them working, never use them again. Um, yeah, that's that's a life worth living, and I don't cry myself to sleep at all any night of the week. Um, everything's fine. Everything is fine. 
no need to check up on me on a regular basis. If I don't call you, that, that's good news. That's great news. That means I'm doing well. That means I, I'm not slowly uh, dying on the inside and, uh, and suffering in silence. No, everything is fine. So enjoy your two weeks, everybody. Maybe we'll be back next week with a sideshow. And I won't be. I don't know. I'm sure Jacques will be with his big comedy friends. Um, but uh, I'll be back. And maybe, maybe, maybe if, if Jacques remembers to give enough notice, Biff will be back on the next podcast. God willing. Anyways, Jacques, um, in two weeks, don't forget...